Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the GCSAA podcast presented in partnership with Enview. You can learn more about the company and its offerings in the golf industry by going to www.us.envue.com and looking for the Turf and Ornamentals Management tab at the top of the page. I'm your host, Scott Hollister, the editor-in-chief of GCSAA's Golf Course Management Magazine, and I'm happy to have you joining us for episode 53 of the podcast. Well, the 2023 U.S. Women's Open is right around the corner, and this year's edition promises to be notable for a host of reasons. Uh, not only is this the first time the women's major will be contested at the famed Pebble Beach Golf Links, but it also marks the third year running that a large group of women turfgrass professionals will serve as anchors of the volunteer team assembled to help prepare the course for play each day. And what better way to tee all of that up than by talking to our guest today, who is Bubba Wright, the golf course superintendent at Pebble Beach, who will be welcoming these women in turf to the Monterey Peninsula. We will talk about Bubba's career, his full-time team's preparations for the Women's Open, and what it means for him to be playing such a big part in furthering the women in turf movement. Bubba is a great guy. He's got a long track record at Pebble Beach, so we're honored to have Bubba Wright join us for the 53rd episode of the GCSAA podcast. And just to toot our own horn a little here, we'll be spending a few days of U.S. Women's Open Week with the team at Pebble Beach. So you'll be able to follow along with all the golf course management comings and goings starting Monday, July 3rd. Just keep an eye on GCMonline.com, our social media feeds on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, GCSA TV, because our friends over there will be providing behind-the-scenes video coverage as well. Again, the fun starts July 3rd from Pebble Beach, so remember to check that out. One other reminder for you before we get going, please remember to check out the new video version of the podcast that's available on both GCSAA TV and GCSAA's YouTube channel. That medium offers us the ability to do some cool visual things that aren't available to us in an audio-only world, for example. There will be lots of pretty pictures of Pebble Beach in the video version of this episode, so please take some time to explore those options if you are so inclined. And with that, I have no more reminders for you. This is episode 53 of the GCSA podcast featuring Pebble Beach Superintendent Bubba Wright. Well, it's not uh, often that I feel comfortable enough to to reach out to someone hosting a major championship uh, just a few short weeks out and ask if they'll appear on the podcast. Um, but I did in this case, and I asked uh, Bubba Wright from uh, Pebble Beach uh, to join us on the eve of the uh 2023 women's open bub i'm not sure if you should be honored or offended that i would ask you with this uh, little amount of time before you guys are uh, hosting a major but uh either way i'm i'm super psyched that you agreed to join us how's everything with you yeah we're doing doing well you know i appreciate you having me on it means uh means a lot and uh, i'm i'm a little bit of both honored and offended <laughs> good good if, as, long, as long as i can walk that line i think i'm doing okay. um, <laughs> it's a tie rep we're doing it well that's right that's right well we, we used to say when i was back in my newspaper days in the sports department i if we if we made the different fan bases equally mad we felt like we were doing our job so i'm gonna yeah there you extend go that, extend that to this to this thing um uh, as, as listeners, uh, are, are listening to this again, we, we are, uh, the U S the women's opens right around the corner. And so, um, there are going to be a lot of uh, listeners who will get a, a chance to listen to this in advance of the tournament. And that's awesome. Um, I also know there's going to be a handful of listeners who will probably catch this after the fact. And I will tell you that, um, 
hopefully we'll have some good stuff here that'll uh, set, that will satisfy. Definitely, we'll get into the uh, preparations for the Women's Open, but um, we'll also talk a little bit about Bubba's career, what it's like to maintain turf at Pebble Beach, all that kind of fun stuff. So, uh, hopefully, something for everyone in this episode. So, um, since we're talking Women's Open, why don't, why don't we go ahead and start there and uh, just uh, you know how you feeling? Um, you know, we're not we're not far off from the event. How are you and the and the team feeling? Um, just kind of a status report of what you guys are are going through right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're feeling great. You know, very confident at this point. The golf course is in fantastic shape. Really, kind of ready to make the run uh, to the tournament and through Championship Week. And the team's done just a an outstanding job. Um, you know, they're very very tournament tested. A lot of experience on my team, so it's always great getting to see them in action, preparing for a major because there was no one to kind of turn it up a notch, but we've had very favorable weather. Uh, number one, it's been nice and cool. We've had some late rains on the West coast, which is always huge. And uh, golf course is really primed right now. It's great to see. For California, a super unusual winter. And yeah. I know I saw, there were obviously uh, viral videos uh, from uh, up and down your neck of the woods. I'm pretty familiar with, with, uh, yep. I've been fortunate enough to to visit you guys on five or six occasions. So um, how did that winter weather impact you guys? Did it impact your preparations? Obviously you had another event prior to this one on the, your, um, uh, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, the AT&T. Um, how did that, uh, how did that weather kind of impact you guys as you ramped up for your, for your season this year? Yeah, it was it was a challenge. You know, Mother Nature threw us curveballs over the winter. We had a lot of rain, a lot of wind, uh, some really damaging surf coming off the coast. So it was pretty unique. Um, you know, it was a tough AT&T, had the Monday finish. So it's always something you try to avoid, but you just never know what you're going to get. We call that Crosby weather. So we yeah. got one of, those, one of those Crosby years. But, you know, I, I felt like at that time we were kind of paying our dues to, to have a great women's open. And, and what that did is allow us to have, you know, really – flushed healthy soils going into the championship uh ample water supply so as challenging as it was uh you know for those couple months in the winter it's 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 really paid off now in a, in a great golf course so so we'll we'll take that we'll take a couple down trees and maybe some saltwater intrusion on 18 fairway to uh to have what we got now yeah and uh the footage from uh uh I guess that was Monterey Peninsula, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, that was that was old uh, Chris Dollhammer for everybody else. We'll yeah, see. yeah, your uh, colleague there yeah. uh, got to got to enjoy a little bit of that. I, I try to I try to keep my my videos from going viral. <laughs> that's right. So leave, that's, leave pro no, that's probably leave, a good a great rule of thumb for a golf course superintendent is yeah, leave leave no trace, you know. So, um, uh, so uh, twenty nineteen uh, men's open. Any significant changes to the golf course between that event and this one? And again, certainly different uh, circumstance at, at Pebble Beach because most fans and casual viewers of professional golf will see the course annually. But how would you describe any changes that have taken place to the golf course between then and now? Yeah, well, we had a short little break there. Um you know, after the, after the men's open with COVID, obviously the whole thing kind of shut down, didn't have a lot of projects going. So really what we had to do um, once things started to open back up was, you know, condense three, four years of projects into two. Uh, during that time, we renovated our, our greens on number eight and 11, uh, which were fantastic projects, allowed us to get more pin locations. Uh, if you remember in 2019, we basically had one location on both those greens to put a pin and move it a foot every day for yeah. the championship, you know, so pretty, 
pretty unique. You know, we're, we're, we're an older course, 100, 104 years. And so the, the greens were designed for a little slower green speeds at that time. Uh, so we got some great locations on those holes. And um, we also renovated all of our forward tees on the golf course. Now, the women won't play most of those tees, but it was a great initiative that we had for the women's game and growing the game of golf. Um, and we also re renovated all of our bunkers on the property, new bunker sand, new sod around our edges. Uh, so we've been busy, we've been hard at work. How do you manage projects like that? Uh, say like the, a bunker project. And I, I had this question in another part of the interview, but I think it, it kind of fits here. Um, and I, I've always been curious about this because whether you're hosting a major championship, a PGA tour event, um, or it's just a, a, a normal Tuesday, someone playing your property, unlike a whole there, I'm sure there are a handful of other properties we could lump in with, with Pebble beach, but every, every day, someone is probably crossing something off their bucket list by playing your golf course. And I always, I, I'm always curious, does that add any extra pressure to you or your team? And how do you manage when there are projects to be that just have to be done? How do you manage knowing that you're going to have people playing there and going, well, why is there a, why is there a backhoe parked behind that tree over there when I'm, this is supposed to be pristine, beautiful pebble beach that I'm playing. So um, what is that like for you and your, and your crew? Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't close down, you know, we're open 365 days a year and uh, you know, we don't, we don't shut down the T-sheet for any, any capital improvement projects. So really it's about number one communication uh, whether it's with the pro shop staff informing the guests of what's going on in the golf course, so they, they're prepared uh, to and, and communicating with our team to make every project, you know, as less impactful as possible, whether, you know, how we go about uh, maneuvering on the property, where the project's taking place, you know, and when we renovate a green, we'll actually build what you would call a, a temporary green, we like to call it an alternate green. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll actually, actually sod it, you know, to bend grass, get it rolling the same speed as the rest of the greens on the golf course. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's certainly a challenge, but, um, you know, it's about limiting the impact on the rest of the property too. So if you're, if you got a big project going on somewhere, maybe the rest of the golf course is staying a little bit quieter. So you, you do have that once in a lifetime experience every time, like we preach, but it's, it's tough, you know, cause like you said, we have the pro-am and then this year we have, a you know, women's open championship and in the fall we'll have the pure insurance championship and one of our uh, internal tournaments called the PBI. So you're always kind of, ramping up for a tournament and then once it's over you're gearing up into your projects and having them all tied together so uh it's a, it's a nice dance we do yeah and there's uh not to mention the uh the little car show that you guys are uh uh yeah. close to um that, that I, we can we can talk about uh a little bit later are there are there any tips or things tricks that you guys employ to kind of minimize those sorts of impacts that you go, man, if any, if every other golf course, even, even golf courses that are, you know, a, just a, a, a daily fee course, um, are there, are there things that you guys do that you think other superintendents would be like, man, that's a hell of an idea. We should, we should absolutely uh, do something like that or just lessons you've learned over the years as you've managed these kind of things. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if there's anything groundbreaking, you know, I touched on it, um, you know, with our, with our alternate green, if we're building a green and having to shut down, you know, an iconic hole, trying to make whatever the alternative is the best that you possibly can, you know? And so if you're, if, if you're working on bunkers, you know, making sure that, you know, what we do is we renovating bunkers, we'll go from one bunker until that one's done. You're not going to the next one because that's more impactful to your guests, right? You know, we're paying a, paying a premium to come out of your property, but there's a lot of things that we do working around play. I mean, with our airifications, we go behind play in the evenings and 
in front of play in the next morning and and do all of these you know impactful maintenance projects around play the best that we possibly can it definitely affects your schedule and but just requires a lot of planning and, and a really dedicated team so you obviously have a great team there um a lot of people that have that have been on property for a long time know the ins and outs of the property you've obviously got some friends nearby um, who you can turn to with uh, any any questions and things like that. And speaking of that, uh, you're going to be you're in kind of a different role this time than you were the last of uh, the major in in 2019. Chris Dahlhammer yeah. uh, was was in charge then. He has moved down the road a little bit to Monterey Peninsula Country Club, and uh, you've assumed charge. How has that changed things for you? And both in uh, in your preparations for the event, the role you play there. And then as you look ahead to just a few weeks time, uh, the role that you will play during the week of the championship. Yeah. Well, I definitely get less sleep these days. I'll tell you that, you know, so all, <laughs> all the assistants out there, listen, make sure you make sure you take advantage of the sleep while you can get it. No, yeah. but uh, you, you know, I, I, I was incredibly fortunate to have a, a really amazing mentor in Chris Dahlhammer and really, you know, showed me the ropes over a long period of time. I, I started, you know, in 2010 as an intern uh, for Chris for that U.S. Open. And the next one came around, I was an assistant as well for the U.S. Amateur and now now the superintendent. So I've gotten to see it, you know, from all the angles, whether it's being on the crew, you know, being a, an assistant superintendent, now superintendent. So, you know, it's definitely, you know, a lot for me to draw on uh, with past experiences. Um, and there's a ton of continuity on this crew. You know, they've I have people who have been here for 45, 40, 35 years. So they've seen the property evolve. They've seen all the championships come through. They know what to expect. Um, and there's really, you know, kind of a sense of calm on, on the crew, even in the face of a storm, you know, we don't really, you know, try not to get our feathers ruffled too much as we go about our preparations. And, and for me, you know, it's just kind of going from, from quarterback to coach is how I looked at it. You know, I was, you know, really managing the day-to-day -day operations with the team, preparing the golf course, executing the tournament. Well, now it's more of just a high level, okay making sure everything's checked off and, and getting the assistance on the same page so we can have that same execution. So it's been, it's been a great process. Yeah. You get to deal with uh media yahoos like me and uh, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the that biggest, fun, all that, all these all that fun stuff. Can't let, yeah. Can't let Chris have all the fun back in the, yeah. back in the day. And so we'll, uh, we'll make sure to keep you busy during the week of the tournament as well. We'll talk a little bit about that down the line here. Um, I, I want to mention, uh, and you talk about the, we're talking about the roles that you play. You are going to be, uh, welcoming a large group of volunteers like any, um, like any professional event will do yours this year will be a little bit special. This is the third year running. You'll have a large group of women turf grass professionals who will be volunteering for you. So uh, I'm just uh, I'm interested in, in your perspective on that and in, you know, how, how you guys are looking forward to kind of furthering that movement on with having, I last count, I think it was up over 35 uh, females, either superintendents, assistant superintendents, uh, perhaps they're working in industry, things like that. But these are all folks who've, who've prepared for tournaments before, been in these roles. Um, how exciting is that for you and your and your guys to to be a part of that um, with the Women's Open? Yeah, yeah, it's incredibly exciting. You know, we we're looking at this championship is you know it's groundbreaking for us. It's historic. It's our first Women's U.S. Open, which is a big deal for our team and for our company. Um, and so being able to have uh, you know the majority of the volunteer team being supported by by females in the industry is, is, is huge, you know, and, 
and I'm not not concerned at all. They're going to come in here. They're very positive. I was fortunate enough to go up in 2021 to uh, to see Troy at Olympic Club when this first got going, and you know I was really kind of blown away by their attention to detail, their work ethic, the positive attitude they brought for the whole week. You know how tournaments go. You get to you get to Thursday and Friday, and you kind of yep. start losing steam and. And I, there was none of that going on there. They really picked up the entire team and, and got them to the finish line. So really, once once I saw that, it was a total no-brainer to have them, have them out to Pebble and, and keep this thing going. And, and uh, you know, I remember Troy was talking about, are we going to be able to fill enough volunteers and, and with women? And, you know, we're having to turn people away now. So I think that tells right. you how the program has grown and evolved and and really just, just gaining a lot of uh, – a lot of steam. So it's, it's fantastic. We're really excited. Yeah. Fired up a couple of years ago at the Olympic club when they host, when Troy hosted continued following year at pine needles out in North Carolina. Um, and the crew out there uh, did a wonderful job. And so I think it's exciting for the industry and yeah, we're, you know, a GCSA will have a, um, a member of our staff, Shalia Finney will be uh, out there uh, yeah. assisting. She is a, she, she, uh, proved her worth in uh, Nashville. So she's got some uh, turf grass chops, even though we, we tried to beat her down with some office work since she's joined the, uh, joined the association, <laughs> but she'll be out there and it's going to be going to be a great, uh, great event. In addition to all the, just the regular uh, work they will provide, are there any special events um, going on um, throughout the week that will take it, that they'll be able to take advantage of um, just being on a property as special as uh, Pebble beach? Yeah. You know, so we, we have a lot of downtime between our morning and, uh, and our PM maintenance. So, we have a few things scheduled. One is kind of an environmental talk. You know, that's really big, a big initiative for our company. And we're going to you know, talk about all the things that we do from an Audubon standpoint, uh, reuse, recycle standpoint, reclaimed water, uh, all the initiatives involved, you know, the Del Monte Forest uh, for, you know, sustainability of, of golf course and, and uh, really hotel management as well. Um, and then the first green is coming out as well on uh, yeah. Monday championship week so that's going to be great you know having the kids out getting shown the equipment all the technology involved with golf hopefully getting them excited maybe making a few future superintendents hopefully uh so you know there's a lot of educational opportunities not so much later in the week because imagine they'll probably more concerned with sleeping but yep, that's uh, right that's in between right. rounds but you know it's a it's a great opportunity for for all, all the team involved and and hopefully anybody listening will, will jump on board with the women in turf it's a great program yeah, the uh, that I was going to mention the first green event uh, on Monday of tournament week. Uh, unfortunately, I don't land in Monterey until about a half hour into that event, so I'm not sure we'll make it on property in time. But it's it's an awesome event, and we were able to, and I say we, meaning the association, was able to kind of pull something together at Torrey Pines um, during the farmers earlier this year on the Monday of tournament week. And it was super successful. It was an awesome opportunity to get the kids actually on a golf course that's preparing to host a big event. And so to be able to do this um, at an iconic venue like Pebble Beach and and just um, obviously the background alone will be spectacular, but the fact that it'll be set up for a major championship and get these kids, give them an opportunity um, makes a great program. Um, uh, even better. So, um, our, well, uh, where do you watch fireworks on July 4th there in, in, uh, yeah. in Monterey? You're going to be set something up right yeah. on the, uh, right on the yeah, temple be... there or something. We get to climb out in the fairway and watch or Yeah, exactly. I might have to, maybe there'll be a drone light show somewhere yeah. or something I can, I can check out, you know, but, uh, not too many fireworks around here. The fog tends to get in the way this time of year. <laughs> I the, imagine. Old, the old, the old Marine layer, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, I can't think of a better, better place to be, uh, celebrating yeah. our, 
this holiday at uh, you know America's public golf course. So yeah, there there, there are worse worse places to do that. So yeah. well, we're gonna uh, just a, a quick reminder for listeners: uh, uh, GCM and GCSA TV will have lots of coverage uh, from behind the scenes at Pebble Beach. Uh, we'll be on site there, so uh, make sure to check out. I mentioned this earlier in the introduction to the podcast, but check out GCMonline.com or social media channels on Twitter and Facebook, and also GCSA TV uh, during the week of the event and and after. We'll have lots of uh, fun stuff from behind the scenes um, at the Women's Open. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back, and we'll talk a little more with Bubba Wright from Pebble Beach right after this. More to come with Pebble Beach's Bubba Wright, but now let's take a moment to share a word from Enview, which is committed to working with golf course superintendents to accomplish great things on the course every day. The company has the expertise and innovative solutions to help you navigate turf challenges year round while achieving the most consistent playing conditions possible. Among those challenges are white grubs and the destructive animals that feed on them that target both warm and cool season turf grasses. To protect your course, you'll want to apply an insecticide as soon as you see the adults because their larvae will appear just a few weeks later. Tetrino Insecticide from Enview is a dependable solution that delivers fast-acting, season-long control on grubs and other turf-damaging pests. Mild temperatures and spring rains create an ideal environment for the spread of Pythium, another of those challenges that face both warm and cool season turf grass managers. Banol fungicide is an outstanding solution to that problem that will help keep your greens healthy this spring and set them up for success all season. And right now you can save big with Enview's Banol Fungicide First program, which runs through June 30th. Visit rewards.enview.us to log in or sign up for my Enview rewards. And off the course, Enview has the future of the industry in mind with their support of the Green Start Academy, a leadership and development program co-hosted by Enview with John Deere and Rainbird. Assistant superintendents will have the opportunity to make lasting connections and will attend sessions with respected industry leaders. This year's event takes place December 6th through the 9th at the Pinehurst Resort in North Carolina and applications are being accepted through August 1st. For more information and to apply, Go to us.envue.com slash Green Start Academy, and there are hyphens between Green Start and Academy to learn more about the agronomic solutions that can help you protect your turf from harmful diseases and pests. Contact your Envue representative or go to us.envue.com slash golf solutions. And once again, there's a hyphen between golf and solutions. Always read and follow label instructions. And remember that not all products are registered for use in all states. Our thanks again to everyone at Enview for their ongoing support of the GCSAA podcast. And now back to more with Bubba Wright. All right, we are back with Bubba Wright, superintendent at Pebble Beach Golf Links, which is in preparations for hosting the 2023 U.S. Women's Open. We spent the first part of the podcast kind of discussing um, that event and all the awesome stuff that's going to take part of it. Bob, I want to take a little bit to kind of talk about your origin story, your career, your life at Pebble Beach. Um, uh, you know, where you're from, where'd you grow up and and where did your interest in the game of golf come from? Yeah, sure. You know, so I grew up in a, a small town outside of Fresno, California, which if you're not familiar with California, it's in the basically the exact center of the state. Um, so uh, my granddad is really who got me involved in the game of golf. You know, I grew up as a, as a baseball player and running track and doing just about everything except golf. But he always drug me out there and kind of kind of got me going. And, and I'd, I'd pout around with clubs in my hand. So I finally fell in love with it. You know, so he yeah. really 
really, uh, you know, established my love for the game, uh, love for the outdoors as well. So really all the credit credit goes to him. And and so I grew up in the mountains. And and uh, when I started going to college, I was actually pretty similar to you. I was a journalism major. Oh, you really? know, I wanted to, wanted to be a sports reporter, but found that was pretty competitive. Um, yep. And so at the <laughs> so at the same time, I was working on a golf course in high school and and uh, throughout college and the whole time, you know, I, I loved it, loved being outside. I had an ag background growing up. My family kind of had a pseudo farm. So being able to combine sports and agriculture uh, into a career was, you know, very, very attractive for me. Um, and I was fortunate to learn from some great people. And I had a superintendent in the Valley that kind of pointed me in the right direction and said, hey, you can do this for a career. You know, here's where you need to go. You go to school here and, and try to find the best internships you can and really really got me going uh, in the right direction. And, you know, I studied at Fresno City College for a few years, got a little associates of business management that went out to Rutgers two-year program, um, studied turf there. And, and really my big break came when I got an internship uh, for the 2010 US Open. So, well, uh, you, we would love to have you in the, uh, on the sports journalism side. I spent, as you talk about the competitiveness, I spent many, many years covering uh, small high school football yeah. and basketball and started to generally got to branch out a little bit and had got just enough, uh, big time college and pro sports in Kansas city where, where I'm from to kind of, kind of yeah. keep me going. And, uh, um, but that, that, that'll just be, I'll just have to keep that in the back of my mind when I'm looking for someone to write stories for the uh, magazine. So we'll, uh, we'll exactly. Talk yeah. Maybe, maybe my retirement job, Scott, what's your, right. <laughs> what's your I'll, I'll start doing we'll talk spot. later. Well, you know what, listen, if I'm still around when you're, when you're retired, buddy, we'll, we'll have a, <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll have a, I might good. have other problems to deal with, but, yeah. um, was there, do you, do you remember a moment when your love of the game and when the turf, when we were like the light bulb went off and you said, Holy cow. I actually kind of like the turf side of this. I might not be tiger woods, but there is a side of this game that does appeal to me, can provide for me and my family. Um, was, do you, did you have one of those kind of moments? Yeah. You know, not necessarily an, an aha moment, but, uh, you know, really when I was, I would say this summer in my freshman year in college, you know, I was working on the golf course every morning, playing golf every afternoon. Um, you know, I had a buddy there that worked with, with me that, uh, was going to Cal Poly and, and is now a superintendent as well. So, uh, you know, he, he had already decided that was what he was going to do. So I really kind of followed along in, in his path and said, wow, this is, this is a pretty awesome profession. And the more I got into it, the more, uh, mentoring I received, uh, really found out it was something that, you know, you can have a very, uh, prosperous, uh, successful career in and provide for yourself and your family. And, and, um, so that's really, really how that got going. Well, and, and you have been Pebble Beach is your only real professional stop. You started there as an, is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, obviously, but you, uh, started as an intern there and it per, kind of progressed to where you are. Correct. So I was an intern in a, you know, AIT that we call them. And in 2012, I actually left for two years. So it okay. kind of gets, kind of gets overshadowed now, but uh, I was down at TBC Scottsdale, uh, you know, and had an absolutely wonderful experience down there. I worked with Jeff Plotz and Brandon Reese, and, and Brandon is now the new uh, director of agronomy down there. So, right. uh, you know, I, I, I recommend any intern or young guy always go down to the desert, you know, at least for a small period, get to see the overseed and the transition. That was, I've never felt more like a grass farmer than I did when I was down there, you know, getting, <laughs> to, getting to see the different crops was, was pretty, pretty enlightening for me. But uh, yeah, so really, really pretty brief period in the desert and then came back to Spanish Bay as the assistant was there for, uh, with Jeff Steen for about 19, 20 months. And then 
back with Chris uh, here at Pebble. So, but the majority of my career is, is, has been on this property. Well, that's, that's interesting. I mean, uh, your story is very similar to that of Jeff Corcoran at Oak Hill, who's had a long, long career at Oak Hill that started with an internship. And he had, I think a little bit longer than two years. I think he had a four or five year, uh, trip stint in, in Boston before coming back. Um, but just kind of interesting. I mean, when I first started in the business, what I was taught about superintendents is very transient. You know, they're going to work here three, four years, they're moving on here, and then they're going to do three or four years there. Yeah. And they're going here and they're going to go from the desert to Florida, to the Northeast, to <laughs> wherever. And, um, I, you know, when, when you're first starting in a business like that, um, I didn't know any different, but now to, there's so many awesome stories of folks like yourself and Jeff at an Oak Hill who have, who've made whole careers at, at the properties and just the advantages, um, that 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 provides i bet you feel like you know every corner of that of that property more so than well anyone outside of chris probably but um yeah. who had an equally long stint um yeah. there but that's got to provide you a little comfort as you head into big events like the women's open yeah it, it certainly can't hurt you know there's you feel like there's not too many things that you haven't seen yet especially going through all the the summers that are really can can change year to year on the west coast and all the championships and tournaments and crew and you know i think that's probably what makes it the most special is just your familiar familiarity with your team you know, all the assistants here were interns here at some point. So there's just a, a lot of continuity. So it provides for very consistent conditions out in the golf course as well. So absolutely. But, you know, it's been it's been important for me to kind of throw some roots out here. And I uh, can't really imagine myself anywhere else at this point. Yeah. Well, um, I, I wanted to talk a little in general about I mean, just kind of life at, at Pebble Beach and what that's like for for a superintendent and a turf grass manager. Um I've always considered the job there, and we spoke a little bit about it earlier, to be really among the most unique in the in the country, and not just because it is Pebble Beach and just this iconic venue and and all the lovely drone shots and the pictures that you that you see of the golf course, but uh, what we talked about with the fact that every day someone is playing that golf course, who is who's it's been a life a lifelong dream. Uh, just just how unique is it, and do you? do you appreciate it daily or is it not advantageous to do that? Is it, is it sometimes better just go, let's, let's do the work that we know we need to do and not try and get ourselves lost in the fact that, that some, you know, some magazine editor from Kansas is, is, <laughs> is here for a, a dream vacation or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, it, it's pretty humbling, you know, when you really look at the big picture to be a caretaker of this property, you know, that, you know, like you said, if, if you're playing Pebble beach, the odds are it's because you're celebrating something with your family and friends. It's a momentous occasion and something that, you know, you're trying to make, you're coming here because you want to make a lifetime memory, you know, and our, our team does not take that for granted. You know, every day we're out here, we're trying to provide that once in a lifetime experience every time, keep our guests coming back. And if it's the only time they get to play Pebble beach, they go back and tell their friends, hey, that was worth every single penny. And I just had a lifetime experience that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to remember forever. So certainly not lost on us. Um, do, you, do you feel a little bit more on your shoulders sometimes? Absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a challenging position to be in because, you know, the, you, they see what, to, what you get on TV during the AT&T or, or a major championship and you see these primo conditions and you're trying to maintain that 365 through aerifications or a drought or whatever's going on that every other golf course is familiar with but um you know definitely adds a little bit to the uh, 
to the spice of the game for sure. Um, do you, do you have to manage that with like new employees when they come on? And I mean, you, you they're, they're, they're probably locals. So the, the, the I, I guess maybe some of the, uh, just the awe is, is maybe not there as, as, yeah. as it is for people, you know, like myself, every, every time I, I get to come out there, I got to spend about half a day just kind of taking a deep breath and taking it in. But do you, is that something that you occasionally have to manage with new, new employees who might get over, just overwhelmed by the moment, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and you see it more with our interns or AITs, guys coming from other parts of the world uh, that, you know, there is a little bit you're kind of star starstruck in the beginning when you see the place and just see how big the operation is. Because it's not just Pebble yeah. Beach, Pebble Beach Company, you know, Spyglass Hills, Spanish Bay, Del Monte. You know, we are also in charge of taking care of the hay, our part three golf course and practice facility. So it's a it's a big property with a lot of moving parts. Uh, and it never really truly slows down. So I think the big adjustment for a lot of, a lot of people is just the pace, yeah. you know, you're getting out ahead of play in the morning. I call it the fastest five hours of golf. You know, you're trying to see as much of the property as you can while you can still see it and not impact golfers. So, uh, that's probably the biggest adjustment that people make adjustment. I certainly had to make when I started here, but once you find your rhythm, you know, we try to try to make you fit right in. Yeah, I, I would I would imagine that's just something you have to be cognizant of when you're, you know, evaluating new interns or new employees or, or things yeah. like that. You'll see how they're reacting to to the pace, to the expectations, uh, all of that stuff. So we, we've talked cool. several times about, I mean, you you host a PGA Tour event. There's a Champions Tour event. Uh, even in years you're not, when you're not hosting major championships, you've got plenty of activity going on uh, from a professional golf standpoint. How much does that um, help your team? At when, when, a, when an open rolls around, when a women's open rolls around, there's the fact that, that it is a bit of part of what you do each and every year. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely is a huge motivator for us, you know, and when you're, when you're hosting championships like that, you know, we're very fortunate to have a company and a, and a support team that gives us all the tools that we need to be successful. Um, and, and, the, and the team is very well provided for taken care of and, and uh, so it's a huge, huge motivator for us. And, and really, you know, as soon as that book closes on, let's say, a 2019 U.S. Open, you know, you're opening the next one up, getting ready for 23. And, and I can tell you in three weeks, we're going to be getting ready for 27. You know, yeah. that's just kind of how it works. You have to yeah. turn the page very fast. And, and if you look at our schedule now, being an anchor site, you know, we're going 27 to 30 to 33. So there's not a whole lot of time in there to – to, to, you know, take a breather. So it's a, it's a huge motivation, but we take it to heart. It's a chance for us to, you know, show off the property, showcase what we're doing to the golf course and, and continue to improve from championship to championship. So we'll take all of our lessons learned and, and see how we can improve for the next one. Yeah. You've got all, uh, all kinds of opportunities for lessons um, with, yeah, with, that kind yeah. of, with that kind of pace. The, the other thing that I talked about earlier, and I wanted to, I wanted to just kind of get your, your thought on what is easier to prepare for. And, and I guess also clean up for, from uh, a major championship or the, and I'm, it's the concourse, right? I, I, I wanna, yeah. I'm not going to, yeah. that's, it is, it is one of the most prestigious car shows in North America where they basically, and you'll, you'll have to fill in my details here. They pretty much take over the 18th hole, correct? Yeah, it's not just the 18th hole anymore. So we actually take over number one. Number one fairway is full of Ferraris, and they take over our, our third hole, 17th, 18th. So the, the show has expanded through the years due to its popularity, um, and, and it is. It's pretty – if I wasn't a turf manager, 
I would say this is the coolest thing ever. I'm, I'm looking at these cars <laughs> at Pebble Beach and, and getting to hobnob with some pretty, pretty important people. But uh, uh, doing the job that I do, it's something that makes me cringe a little bit. But to answer, <laughs> to, to answer your question, you know, I think preparing for a tournament is definitely you know, harder than preparing for the concourse because there's just so many details going to probably the fine tooth comb and, and, uh, but recovering from the concourse can certainly be a challenge, you know, so they'll, they'll park the cars on Saturday, the shows on Sunday. So what that means is you have 48 hours that there's no irrigation, there's no maintenance being done and, and, uh, cars are being driven on and off, maybe the spill some gas or oil on the way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of left with, uh, with all the cleanup. So it's a pretty unique show, but, um, and it does take place in the middle of the summertime, which makes it, uh, certainly a challenge. And, and then, as uh, once it's over, you're trying to get the, those holes back in shape for the pure, which is only five weeks after. So, uh, it can, it can have its good years and bad years for sure, depending on the weather. How much, how much lead time do you get on that? Is that, are you playing up until dark the day before and then they're rolling cars on or, yeah. uh, or is there any leeway at all on either either side? Yeah. So, you know, to kind of give you the timeline, the show's on Sunday, uh, Saturday is, is all set up. So it's when they're pulling all the cars onto one fairway, 18, 17, et cetera. Um, so it's a pretty, it's a pretty tight timeline, but you know, up until two years ago, we used to actually play a 17 hole golf course on Saturday. So the golf course still had play going through 17 holes yeah. and then 18 was oh, closed wow. down. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it, it was pretty unique, but, but now we closed down uh, the, the shut down the golf course for Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday is all set up Sunday's the show. And, but Monday morning, you know, we have two times going up six 30. So wow. you got to get everything out of there and you got to clean up the, you know, down on 17 and 18 in front of play the best you possibly can and, and keep sitting play through. So it's uh it's definitely one of those ones that I, yeah. I i've always looked forward to tournaments you know and at&t's and majors and this is this is one you just kind of want to get over the hump and get through so you can, <laughs> you can carry on with your summer you know just you put it put in the put it in the rearview mirror too yeah it's a really yeah. bad pun right, with a yeah. with a car show but um, <laughs> there you go well, that, i mean that's that's pretty amazing i mean it fits in obviously with the kind of pace and the stuff that you were talking about uh, a little yeah. bit a little bit earlier there but but quite a unique uh a unique situation. I know there are a number of places that either that have different kinds of events um, uh, on their golf course that have nothing to do with, with, with the game of golf, yeah. whether it's in cross country meets or, or using their golf course as a parking lot. You know, I know yeah. there are portions of like Brickyard Crossing in Indianapolis. Sure. Rose Bowl they, too, right? Yeah. yeah. They give up holes yeah. that, um, you know, for parking or, you know, helicopter landings for big celebrities that are coming in or whatever. But uh, uh, I think it's, I think it's the one week on the peninsula where golf is not the main focus. That's yeah. how I like that. <laughs> what's the, what's the car guys get in here? The, the focus changes for that brief period of time. Well, I'm probably, probably not so bad to begin with. And then yet once you see what you're actually dealing with, it probably becomes a little more of a concern. So, well, Bob, but listen, I appreciate your time today. I wanted to, I want to finish up here with just a couple of quick hitters. Let you just kind of give me, we call them final shots because it matches up with a feature in the magazine we've had for a number of years, but uh, just a couple go. of quick questions here. If you weren't a superintendent, what would you be doing right now? Do you think? Oh, well, you know, realistically, kind of like we touched on earlier, probably, probably maybe a journalist, sports reporter, if I could have been successful in that, but uh if it was something that I'm probably not qualified for, it would uh, I would have would have wanted to be a, a fighter pilot just so I could have yeah. a cool mustache and aviators, you know. That, there you go, there you go. Yeah, I I always say relief pitcher, although at my age, I don't not my rotator cuff would not <laughs> yeah. uh, 
would not yeah. uh would not and, and it's funny because I, I always say relief pitcher and i played baseball through high school and i never pitched yeah it was always like well, I, I caught i was a first baseman a second baseman never never uh never pitched yet i somehow i think that's what i want to do maybe i think that's an easy job i don't i'm gonna say if you can get that bullpen catcher or, or backup quarterback role that's what you want you know oh heck yeah yeah, yeah. It's, the more you can avoid getting hit on the football field the better so <laughs> yeah, exactly. um uh, most unexpected thing you've encountered on the golf course during your time at Pebble Beach. Again, we have talked about what an iconic place it is, and I'm sure there are uh, incidents where uh, people have tried to take advantage of that. Anything uh, unexpected that you can share with a, a mixed audience here on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the, that's the ticker right there. Can you yeah. share? <laughs> <laughs> you know, back to the back to you know Pebble being you know kind of this this hallowed ground. You know, something that's that's unique, I guess, in a way is, you know, you'll find a lot of ashes out here, people bringing their family members out and very yep. ash 17, 18, seven. So I can tell you pretty, pretty religiously once a week, we'll find that. And I was, wow. I was always kind of take that to heart too, as well. Okay. If you're taking, taking your uncle out here, this is, this is resting spot. That means a lot. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, that is interesting and also kind of humbling a little bit. Um, yeah. we, we, we've, uh, mentioned pebble beach is a bucket list destination for many people what is what's on your uh bucket list is there a place that you'd like to play that you haven't had an opportunity to play absolutely you know i'm still trying to get on augusta you know but i uh, haven't, haven't met too many of the members yet so i'm working yeah. on that one but uh you know i think st andrews is probably the top of that bucket list you know i'd love to get to the old course yeah, that would that would be a that would be a great opportunity. Um, away from the golf course, I'm sure you don't have a ton of time. You talked about losing extra sleep that you didn't yeah. do as an assistant. Do you have any hobbies? Anything you like to do uh, uh, when you're when you're not on the golf course? Yeah, yeah, I got a few hobbies. You know, I would say say top of that list is uh, you know an avid fisherman when I have the time. You know, the Sierras, the uh, Sierra Nevadas here in California provide a lot of a lot of opportunities to fish sure. you can you can make it up there so when i'm away from the golf course i try to get up into the into the hills and and add a cell phone service that's the, that's the most important thing yeah you know, <laughs> either turn the phone off for a couple of days that is that there is a there is a luxury to that that a lot of people don't appreciate until you get a chance to do it i'm the i have a annual camping trip with some buddies from college and and that is one of the uh the highlights is to get uh to get up in at elevation where uh cell phones don't reach you you pay the piper when you come back down and your phone yeah, is back on but that, that that phone starts paying and you're like ah back to reality yeah. yeah we go back to the back to the campsite so yeah. well bubba um again thanks so much for doing this uh especially with the, the tournament lumen i know you've got a full to-do list and it's probably takes you seven days a week at this juncture and 10 12 hours a day and you'll just yeah. continue on continue on through the tournament but uh best of luck with the event we are myself and our my colleagues who get the opportunity to come out there are super psyched um never pass up an opportunity to come to pebble beach so we look forward to seeing you here uh down the road a bit and thanks again for taking the time today great scott i, I really appreciate it thank you again well, that's a wrap on episode 53 of the GCSAA podcast. I want to thank Bubba Wright from Pebble Beach for taking the time to chat with us on the eve of the 2023 U.S. Women's Open. And again, yours truly, along with several other GCSA staffers, will be on the ground at Pebble Beach with behind-the-scenes updates on all the golf course management activities taking place there. So remember to keep tabs on GCMOnline.com the magazine's Twitter and Facebook feeds, and GCSA TV starting on Monday, July the 3rd. 
We always have plenty of irons in the fire when it comes to new content for the podcast, including the new video version available on GCSAA TV and the association's YouTube channel. So stay tuned for all of that. But for now, I'll bid you farewell with a thank you to podcast editor Evan Shapiro, to the fine folks at Enview for their ongoing sponsorship of the podcast, to the GCSAA board of directors and my colleagues at GCSAA headquarters in lovely Lawrence, Kansas. And of course, my thanks to each of you for subscribing, downloading, and listening and or watching. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll catch up again very soon on the next episode of the GCSAA podcast.